everyone. Welcome back to Uneasy KPZ. This week, I talk about the basics of anxiety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the misconceptions that can go with that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in. going on guys? How y'all doing? I hope y'all are staying safe and healthy and keeping a positive mindset through everything that's going on right now. I know things are still so wonky and pretty crazy in the world with the coronavirus pandemic. What I've been doing to try to keep myself grounded if I'm having a rougher day with dealing with everything, I just remind myself this is all completely out of my control. All I can control is how I handle the guidelines that I have been given. So that's just what I remind myself when I'm having one of those rougher days. So just keep that in mind, you guys. Um, Please, if you are struggling, just know that this is 100% out of your control and all you need to do is take it one day at a time and just try to be as safe and as healthy as you possibly can be. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But this week, I want to go back to the basics of anxiety. And what I mean by that is the negative characteristics and the positive characteristics of what anxiety can look like and how it can present and manifest in different people. This is an experience-based podcast, so this will be me referencing my personal experiences on day-to-day things, and I'll probably throw some stories in there, Um, and just kind of how both kind of show up for me, because I think a lot of people have misconceptions about what anxiety looks like and how you have to be on the complete extreme end of the spectrum for it to be recognized as true anxiety or depression or whatever the mental health thing that you're dealing with is, and that's just not true. Um, mental health is a very broad scale. Everybody falls on the spectrum at different places. You could have very mild symptoms, which can present as a high functioning anxious person, or you could have very extreme symptoms where you might have agoraphobia, where you don't want to leave your house for days, weeks, months, years at a time. It just depends on who you are. It's all individual based. So this is my experience and what I've gone through, what I'm currently going through. And I'm probably going to throw in some different coping skills and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I was just feeling like I want to just start with the basics because there are just so many misconceptions with that. So, and if you hear me tapping on my phone, I am sorry. I'm waiting to get a new mic. So I am using my phone, but there's just some things on here I don't want to forget or leave out. So I do apologize if you hear me scrolling or tapping. Um, All right, let's go ahead and start with the positives of a high-functioning, anxious person and what that may look like to the outside world. So that's a really—I often feel like I lead a double life. Um, It's like there's two people living inside of me. There's the person that—how I want to present to the outside world, to my friends, to my family, to my boyfriend, coworkers, um, just whoever, even when I just go out in public and I'm running errands. I mean, there's that person— which to a degree is, I mean, it's natural. Like there's, I mean, obviously as human beings, we always want to try to put our best foot forward. We want people to see the better sides of us more often than not, obviously. So that makes sense. And that's not necessarily out of the norm to do. But the difference is, is I have to be very conscious of it. Like, I guess I never really just feel like myself, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like I'm always like, is this really who I am? Like, what am I doing? Are people really accepting me for this way? Or should I be more this way? And just those kinds of thoughts and things. I'll get into that more in detail here in a little bit. But um, yeah, so because a lot of times when you present one way in front of people, 
But then you tell them, no, like I suffer with anxiety. They look at you like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Because you have your shit together. I mean, you have a full-time job. You have a vehicle. You have a house. You, I don't have a house. I'm not saying that. I just mean like to, speaking to somebody who does have anxiety but comes off like they don't, This that's just kind of how people tend to view it is they, it's like there's these, these check boxes that they want to check off with you. Well, you're holding your shit together to this level. So you, there's no way you have anxiety because people have this notion that if you're anxious, you can't leave your house or you don't have friends because it's not possible for you to be social and those kinds of things. And that's just not true. Um, the mental health spectrum is just so broad that it's, you can't try to put everybody in the same box because everybody's experiences are different. Everybody's level of anxiety or depression or whatever they're going through is different from the next person. So I'm just trying to, I want to shed some more light on that because even since I've put this podcast out, a lot of messages and responses that I've gotten, especially by the people that I know like pretty closely, they're always like, but you always seem like you just have it all together and you're very confident and like no one could tell you shit and that kind of thing. And I mean, that kind of makes me feel good that I come across that way, but it's equally as frustrating because on the inside, I don't feel that way at all. I'm not saying that I don't have my moments where I do feel confident and I do feel like you can't tell me shit, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't. And a lot of times it's, it's a facade. If I'm being 100% honest, like it is a facade. Um, I, it, it, sometimes I feel like I have to overcompensate with how I'm feeling inside when I'm battling really bad bouts of anxiety. So um, yeah, that's just really interesting. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump back into how a high-functioning anxious person can come across. Uh, the most common characteristics are a very outgoing personality. They uh, maybe be very bubbly, tell a lot of jokes, smiling all the time, laughing. I kind of could see that how I fit into that category. I'm very sarcastic. I love to laugh and tell jokes. Um, I've, I'm pretty outgoing, although I am an introvert. I love my me time. As crazy as this quarantine life thing is, I feel very relatable to it because I don't know, it almost, I don't know how to word this for it to make sense, but being in quarantine and feeling like there's limitations on places that I can go and things I can do, that's how I feel on a daily basis. Anyways, I, I really struggle. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'll make plans to run errands or go see someone. And then last minute, I'll make an excuse to not go do those things or see that person. And I just want to hide. but. I want to function in society. I want to do the, quote, normal things that people are supposed to do, especially like at my age. So, um, yeah, it can just, it's, I, I feel almost safe in the quarantine. <laughs> like, take the virus out of it. I just mean how life is going right now. I, I feel calmer and more relaxed. Now, I do have my anxious days about it because, but that's a whole other story for another day about why I'm anxious about what's going on right now. I don't want to dive too much into that because this episode will be 50 million hours long. So not going to go there. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just interesting that how that works. But anyways, back to the more positive characteristics. Um, punctuality. So <laughs> This is a big one for me. And any of my friends who went to college with me and who just still know me to this day, I have to be early for everything. I don't care how small or minute the thing is that I'm going to or what I'm planning on doing, but I have to be early or I will get so stressed out. I damn near will not go. I mean, I remember in college, if my friends and I, if we'd have the same class together, we'd walk to class. 
if I felt like we were going to be late, I would seriously get like angry if they would not pick up the pace to meet me to get there on time. College, who cares if you're on time in college? I mean, I mean, I don't mean that like, obviously people take college seriously or you should. I mean, I'm not saying just screw all your classes. That's not what I'm saying at all. But even like, just silly classes where it wasn't really that important. Like it wasn't, it was just kind of like general ed classes that you had to get out of the way and just like bullshit your way through. Like it didn't really matter. Even those kinds of courses, I would seriously get into arguments with my friends if they weren't going to be on time with me because it would just stress me out that bad. Like I could not fathom or stomach walking into the class last and everybody turn around to see who it was. I would just turn beet red and it was horrible. I'd start sweating. Oh God, it was awful. So Punctuality has always been a big one for me. Um, but, and the difference, I guess this is a good example that I can use for kind of deciphering between somebody who has anxiety and someone who doesn't, because I mean, people strive to be on time. Like, obviously I know people want to be on time more so than being known as being late all the time. But um, the difference between someone like me and someone who doesn't have anxiety is just, I obsess over it. Like, it's not an option for me to be late. I will panic. I will seriously start to freak out if I feel like I'm going to be late somewhere. And even if it's not something serious and somebody who doesn't have anxiety, okay, well, I'm just going to be late today. And then you keep it moving. So that's kind of the difference. I will dwell on things that happen and overanalyze them. And I'll take it as far as thinking that everybody looks at me differently. I'm just a failure. And it's just, I go down the rabbit hole of negative self-talk and all that crap real quick. So that's kind of like the difference there with people who have anxiety versus people who don't. Um, another one is being high achieving, detail oriented, orderly and tidy. I'm not necessarily those things. I'm definitely not. I mean, I can be detail oriented to a point, but I'm not super, I'm not like really anal about that or anything. Orderly and tidy. I like to clean and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not an organized freak. I don't have folders for things. I'm not a calendar person. I don't label all kinds of things. I lose shit all the time. Yeah, that's, I don't really fall into that category. I'm just kind of listing what it looks like for high functioning, anxious people. Um, yeah, let's see what else. Active, helpful, appears outwardly calm and collected, passionate, loyal in relationships. Loyalty in relationships is huge for me. I've always been that way. Um, I've people in my circle, they know this, like there's not anything that you can't ask me or you, I will basically almost do anything for the people that I love and for the people that I trust. I am a ride or die, always have been, always will be. As much as I pride myself on that, it can also be an Achilles heel because sometimes I take, uh, the line can get blurred as far as what's loyalty and what's hurting me. Um, I've been burned a couple times because of that. So um, quick little story actually about how loyalty and anxiety can be, can kind of work against me. I traveled to Florida to help open a new store for the company I was working. It was Rock Bottom Brewery. And I traveled there for uh, seven weeks to help up open that store. And while we were there, there's a little bit of partying, drinking, you know, stuff like that. And obviously my boyfriend couldn't go with me, but um, the nights that we would be drinking and stuff, I'd wake up the next day and knowing damn well, not in a million, I've never cheated on anyone in my life, never will, couldn't fathom it. I just, that makes me sick to even think about. Um, but I would wake up in my own bed alone, obviously nothing like that, clothes on, like all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, <laughs> my anxiety and my mind would start playing tricks on me. 
And it would start telling me like, well, are you sure no one was in the room with you at any point in time? Like, are you sure you went to bed alone? They didn't just like sneak out in the middle of the night. Like those kinds of thoughts would start creeping up and it started to become repetitive. And then the rumination started. And if you're not familiar with what ruminating is, it's basically when you get stuck on a thought, usually negative thoughts, and you just think about it obsessively over and over and over again. And there's nothing that can break you from thinking about it. And that started to happen. And there was a girl that I was pretty close to that was there with me. And I'm pretty sure I was driving her nuts because all I was doing was asking for obsessive reassurance. I was like, I need you to tell me I didn't do anything stupid. Like, I don't want to jeopardize my relationship. Like, da, 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 da. And just like all that. I mean, the reassurance that I needed that I didn't do anything stupid, even though I knew that I did it. Like, that's, and that's what anxiety is. If there's not a better picture that I can paint of what anxiety can be, it's that. It is literally, you can fabricate stories in your head to almost the point where they feel so real that you actually get upset about it and you actually have to tell your partner about it. Getting to that in a second. So as the days are going on, I mean, these thoughts are just getting worse and worse and worse. They're getting stronger. They're getting stronger by the day. And I was just like to the point where I couldn't think about anything else. I wasn't even focusing on work anymore. I was literally just thinking about how am I going to tell Blake that I don't know what I did, but I think I did something even though I know I didn't because I never would, but I need to tell him something because I'm feeling guilty. Why am, I, why am I feeling guilty if nothing happened? Like just, you know, if you are somebody who has to deal with this, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And hearing it from an outside perspective, it just sounds crazy. It sounds batshit crazy. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> and, but, but that's the reality. That's, that's what it can be. That's what it can look like. And it really sucks. And it's so exhausting. It's so taxing and it's just really unhealthy. So fast forward to the end of the trip, I come home and it had been my birthday or it was about to be my birthday. And Blake got me like these roses and he got me this, um, you know, like the consolation picture that you can get where it shows like where you met somebody at that exact moment, like what the sky looked like at that time. Well, he got me one of those and it said I met my match on this date and it was the cute. I just broke down into tears. <laughs> I mean, mainly because obviously I just love him so much and it was such a sweet gift and I just loved it. And I missed him and I was so happy to be home. But that guilt of, I just, I need to tell him. And I told him, I remember like, I just started crying and I just told him, I said, I don't know why, but I feel like I have to tell you this, even though I know I didn't do anything, you know, I would never do anything. I'm not like that. I love you, but I just can't shake these thoughts. And like, I don't know, my anxiety's fucking with me. It was absolutely awful. It was so stupid. Like it was the dumbest. <laughs> it was looking back now, cause that was two and a half years ago. And I'm just like, wow, he probably thought I was absolutely insane. I think I'm insane sometimes when, I'm just, when I just think about that kind of stuff. So that was an experience that I had with that, um, with, with loyalty. I, I am very, 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 very close to those that I love. And I take it very seriously, especially my romantic relationships. And yeah, that was just one of the many examples that I have of how anxiety can just completely take over your brain and just make you think things that aren't true or that didn't happen. And it's ugh, it can just be very convincing and very exhausting. So if you are somebody who deals with that, I'm so sorry. I totally feel your pain. I want to touch on the being helpful aspect as a positive characteristic of someone who is a high-functioning, anxious person. Because I think this is a double-edged sword in the sense that 
I love helping people. I will, like I said, like I just said before, I will do anything for basically anyone. Um, and I know I would like to think that most people feel that way in general, but you can overcompensate. And then, but at the same time, you don't want to ask for help yourself. And I think that that's another good way to shed light on what anxiety can look like because why, like, why do we want to, I guess I should, I'm not going to say we, me, like, why do I always want to help so many people? And I love to do what I can to help somebody out, no matter how small it is. But why is it so hard for me to ask for that in return? And I, I feel like a burden a lot of the times, um, even if it's something small, like I, I remember shoot, when I was younger, I would always be told like how autonomous I can be because I just, I never want to accept help from anyone. I always say no. Even if it's something as simple as, hey, can I help you carry that? I'm like, no, I got it. Even though I know damn well my arms are about to snap off. Like I'll say, no, I got it just because I don't want to feel like a burden and I don't want to, I, it's like, I don't think that I'm owed the time out of somebody's day to help me do the same thing I would do for them. If that makes any sense at all. Um, and that's a really common characteristic about uh, amongst highly anxious people is we want to help so badly. Like we always want to reach out, help people do be that resource for those in our lives who need it the most. But then when it comes down to us needing that in return, it's like, I don't know how to ask for it. I don't know. And if I do ask for it, I'm like, oh, but you don't have to like that passive aggressive shit. Like, oh, can you help me do this? But you don't have to. It's okay. I totally get it. Like, it's all good. Don't, seriously, don't worry about it. I say that all the time. And I catch myself saying it all the time. But it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like second nature. I just, I just feel like I need to say those things because I don't want people to think that I can't do it on my own or I don't want to waste their time or, you know, like just things like that. I actually just posted something to my Instagram about that because um, it's, it's important to try to get or work towards trying to get to that place where you are able to ask those in your circle for the same help that you would be willing to give them, because that's what a relationship is. A relationship, no matter what platform, no matter what scale it's on, a relationship is give and take. You, you deserve the help that you give others just as much as they deserve you giving it to them. I don't know if I just butchered that or if that made sense, but you catch my drift. Um, that's, you are completely entitled and deserve, and your partner deserves that, or your friends deserve that because they want to help you just like you want to help them, no matter what it is, whether it's moving, whether it's emotional support, whether it's something with work, whether it's just something like carrying in the groceries. It doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how big. Everybody should be able to ask people in their lives for help, and it should not be a problem, and you should not feel bad for it. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to touch on that because that's definitely something that hits home with me. So if you are also somebody who deals with that, then I, I completely get it. But we just need to start working on it one day at a time and it will get better just like with anything else. But yeah, so that's really just kind of the main thing that I wanted or the main topics that I wanted to focus on as far as the positive characteristics of people who suffer from anxiety. Just because again, I do feel like there is such a misconception about that, that if you appear to have those characteristics and like you're doing well in certain areas. And that means that you can't possibly suffer from something like depression or anxiety because that's just blasphemy. Yes, you can. I'm living proof of that. But let's go ahead and jump into the negative characteristics of anxiety and what those can look like. Sorry, let me get back over to my 
thing thing. Okay, I just don't want to leave anything out. Um, Okay, so people-pleasing, that's a big one. I have already touched on that in another episode. If you want to go check that out, I don't want to dive too deep into that again because I have covered that already. But um, being afraid of driving people away or fear of being a bad friend, spouse, employer, or fear of letting others down is basically the essential aspect of what people-pleasing is. And I can 100% relate to that. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I don't feel like I can't share my opinion on certain things or express how I'm feeling about something and do what I want to do. But I always make sure that it's like, okay with everybody else first, if that makes sense, depending on what it is. Now we all have our lines, but yeah, I don't know. People pleasing's a bitch. It's so freaking annoying. I'm still working on that. I'm a work. I'm a big fat work in progress in general with like everything, but that's definitely a big one for me. Um, talking a lot, nervous chatter. Yes. 1000%. I mean, I know you all can hear it in these damn podcasts. Like I know, I know I hear it. They're going to get better. They're going to get better every single week. I'm trying to improve on things, but, um, I, I always have so many things I want to say. And then as soon as I start like recording, it's all those thoughts just escape my brain. And I freeze. And I know you can hear it sometimes if I fumble or, God, see, I'm doing it now. Anyways, I'm going to keep it moving. But yes, talking a lot and nervous chatter, that's definitely a big one. Nervous habits, playing with your hair, cracking knuckles or biting your lip. Um, I definitely play with my hair. I crack my knuckles, not really nervously, but those, I mean, biting nails, you guys know, like the basics, that kind of stuff. Um, need to do repetitive things like counting stairs or rocking back and forth overthinking, already touched on that a little bit, a huge overthinker. And it's, it's so frustrating, especially when the rational part of you, or I like to call it the lucid part of me, I literally consider it like being lucid when I can like look at a situation objectively and just tell myself, okay, what do you like, what, let's, let's look at what's going on here. You know, this is what happened. So why are you trying to convince yourself of this? I mean, I have that talk with myself in my head all the time, but I mean, you can't just take anxiety away. It's just something that you learn to live with and you try to manage it the best way that you can. So yes, overthinking sucks. Um, lost time, arriving too early for appointments. I already talked about that as far as um, my punctuality thing, how I have to be on time for everything or early. Need for reassurance. That is huge. That is probably top three for me, I'd say. And I'm pretty sure Blake would agree because I, it's like, it. it's hard feeling like you can't just be confident within your own thoughts or like within your own choices that you make. It's like you have to constantly be validated by outside people. And that's just a never ending cycle that you're never going to be able to like get out of if you don't really try to work on it. Because I mean, it is not possible to make sure that every single person in the world or in your life or whatever aligns with what you think or aligns with what choices that you've made that it's literally not possible. I mean, that's the beauty of being human is we're all individuals. We all have our own feelings, thoughts, emotions, all that good stuff. So it's, that's just a will, like you're just never going to be able to hop off of hop off of if you just, I mean, it's just impossible. It's not something that can be done. So, um, I'm definitely really working on my reassurance thing. I mean, everybody needs reassurance to a point. I mean, we're all human, but that's what I'm talking about as far as somebody who has anxiety versus someone who doesn't is for someone like me. I need it constantly. I go, I, I don't even care if I'm annoying. Like it'll get so bad to the point where I'll, I know that I'm being way too much, but I'll ask it over and over again anyway. Like, are you sure? 
Are you positive? You t- we, are you really telling me the truth? Like, come on. It, it's crazy. It's insane. It's so frustrating. So I feel you if you deal with that. Procrastination. Woo! Yes. Procrastination. That is another big one for me. In college, I was the queen of day one of the semester. You're going to have a 16-page paper and a speech due on the last week of class. I'm giving you three months to get it done. Guess who would be in the computer lab for 24 hours straight getting that bitch done at the end of the semester? Me. Every single time. That's anything, though. It doesn't matter, like, when bills are due, if I have, like, getting my license plate renewed, I will wait till the last day. Filing taxes, waiting till the last day. Paying rent, waiting till the last day that I have to pay. It doesn't matter if I have a million dollars in my bank account. I'm still going to wait till the last day to pay it. Like, just that kind of stuff. It's so frustrating. It almost... And it's, it's weird because it almost makes me feel uncomfortable to do things prior, which I know makes no sense. Like, just get it done and then you don't have to think about it anymore. But that's just, for some, I guess because I'm so conditioned to just procrastinate and wait till last minute for everything that I just, I don't know. It's weird. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Um, avoiding eye contact, rumination, touch on that a little bit. Um, just getting stuck in the what if negative thoughts and dwelling on past mistakes. Huge. I do it all the time. Um, I'm getting a little bit better as far as accepting that what has happened in the past, things I've done, said, whatever, just mistakes in general that I've made are in the past. And I literally cannot change them now. All I can do is continue to work on myself and try to improve on everything the best that I can every single day. And I really have taken that to heart. Um, I mean, you guys know, since July of last year, I've referenced it a couple times during these episodes. Um, I really have been making an honest effort to try to improve myself on something every single day, um, even if it's something small. Now, obviously, I have my bad days, low days, whatever. But in general, um, I really am trying to do that. And that, that helps keep my rumination in check. It still happens, but not as bad as it used to be. Let's see. Um, the inability to say no, always having to have an overloaded schedule, blah, 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 blah. Um, I would agree with this. I think this kind of ties in with people pleasing, which again, I've already kind of touched on another episode, but it's hard to say no because, well, it's not hard, but with someone like me, it is because I don't, to me, it's not simply saying no and moving on. It's saying no and, oh, now I'm a disappointment. Now this person doesn't want to be friends with me or doesn't want me to still work for them or whoever it is I'm dealing with at the time. Like, those kinds of thoughts start to creep in and that's when it becomes a problem. That's when it's starting to negatively impact your life. And that's the difference between anxiety and not anxiety. Let's see. What is next? Feeling intimidated by the future? I would say, let's see. I am intimidated by the future, intimidated by the future, but now it's on a more excited level. I'm trying to turn it from being scared of it into being excited for it. Like, bring it on. Like, I'm just trying to really push myself out of my own comfort zones and just be willing to take on whatever life throws at me and just try to remain calm and a positive mindset to get through it. Let's see. The tendency to compare yourself to others and substance or alcohol abuse. Both of these for me, 100% yes. Um, I, I definitely compare myself, but not... I don't really, I mean, I, let me think, how do I want to work this? Sorry, I'm like, I feel like I'm mumbling and rambling and a lot, but I'm like just trying to straighten all my thoughts out. Um, I do find myself getting bit by the comparison bug, but mainly when it comes to like people's confidence and 
just like how they're able, like, I guess I'm just jealous of people who don't have anxiety, I think is what it boils down to, because I don't really find myself comparing my physical appearance and whatnot to others or like my financial situation or like materialistic things. I don't, I don't care about luxury stuff. I mean, that kind of stuff. I don't really give a shit about all that. Like sometimes, yeah, it'd be nice if I was 50 pounds skinnier. I wish I had lips. I have thin ass lips and I freaking hate them, but like stuff like that. Sure. Whatever. But that to me is like minuscule and doesn't really matter. I mainly compare myself to people who are just confident in who they are. They are proud of everything they do. They walk into a room and they don't feel intimidated by everyone and everything around them. They are sh- sure within themselves of decisions that they make. Like those kinds of things are what I compare myself to because I'm the polar opposite. Even though I might not come across that way to a lot of people, apparently, um, that is what I, that's what I'm going through every single day in my head is just a lot of the, oh, I don't know, like that kind of, those like wishy-washy vibes. Yeah, that's me all day long. Now, substance and alcohol abuse, um, I've said this before too, I'm going to be saving that for a different episode. I definitely have used alcohol many times to numb my brain and to just shut it up sometimes. Um, Just keeping full transparency there. (laughs) Um, It's sometimes, I mean, it's gotten so bad to where I just feel like there's nothing I can do or say to myself to calm myself down. So let me just crack this bottle open and just get to drinking because then my brain is going to slow way the hell down and it's not going to be going a million miles an hour. I can just relax. I'll be able to sleep and that kind of stuff. So I will be touching that on other episodes. Stay tuned for that. But um, for now, I just, like I said, wanted to go back to the basics of where it all began and just kind of the makeup of what anxiety is. So That was a little bit of a bird's eye view as far as the positives and the negatives of what anxiety can look like and a little bit of how it is for me on a day-to-day basis. Um, The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, I have it all. It's every every day is a struggle, every day is a battle, but all we can do is take everything one day at a time. And again, I really just wanted to shed some light on the misconceptions that just because somebody appears like they have it all or like they have it all together does not mean they are not struggling with something. And that's what people need to keep in mind. Um, Not that we need to be handled with kid gloves or anything like that, but it's just something to be mindful of because you really never know what somebody is going through on any given day. And yeah, that's just important to keep in mind. But That is all I have for you all today. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to listen. If there's anything else you would like for me to dive deeper into, please comment, message, reach out, and I will definitely do that. So as always, remember to stay humble, be brave, and know that you're not alone. Until next time, guys, take care. Bye-bye.